Welcome to another episode of the Lisa Ann Experience. Proud to be part of the SiriusXM podcast family and proud to be right now in your ears. Uh, my producer and I have always put together the package of the special show. We've got a guest. We've got mailbag, which is pretty exciting. But Chris, we had a Super Bowl. How do you feel about the outcome of said Super Bowl? Very excited. I'm a Patriots fan, right? So I think Patriots fans are kind of going 50-50 on this. A lot of people are upset that Tom left and won another Super Bowl with someone who isn't the Patriots. But for me, the way I look at it, right, he gave us six Super Bowl wins. He was not going to win a seventh at New England this year. He did no, not, not have with the, the weapons. pieces. Nope, they did not have the weapons. I would have rather him go to Tampa Bay and win a Super Bowl there and continue to build his legacy by winning his seventh Super Bowl than fail to make the playoffs on the Patriots. That's an easy decision for me. I headed into the game rooting for Tom Brady and the Bucks, and they got the win, and it was awesome, and I'm wrapped for him, and we are witnessing history. This is what I don't understand. People just have to appreciate what they're watching. Don't hate I Tom agree. Brady. Appreciate what we're watching because we may never see something like this again. We may never see someone dominate as much as Tom Brady has throughout his career. Seven Super Bowls from 10 appearances in 21 seasons, and he's still going. That's unbelievable. And you know, what I said last night on my show, Lisa Ann does fantasy. You guys can go back and listen on the SiriusXM app. If you missed it last night, we recap the Super Bowl. What I love as well is, you know, Tom is just a powerful leader and he makes everyone around him better. And I listened to Radio Row all week this week on NFL Radio. And it was so cool to hear all the Tampa Bay players say that every day Tom would text them and say, you know, we're going to win. How he communicates with everybody, how warm he is. He's a great example for anyone who wants to be a leader in whatever they do for a living. You know, I read an article yesterday he reads the four agreements every year. And that's such a great book. It's such a build, you know, the, the kind of base of when you're starting to read really mindset books and thought provoking books. And he said, the four agreements are really the mantra to my life. And I just love that he's always continuing to develop. He has no ego. He's super grounded. He's got this beautiful family. And look, we're also discounting the fact that maybe he is the person that is going to just point Antonio Brown in the right direction permanently. People do change people. You know, Mark Cuban's done it with Delonte West, which is incredible. He's now working at the rehab center where Mark Cuban sent him to. I mean, there are people that are putting their time in. We just don't talk about it enough. So we give Tom Brady credit on the field, but I also want to give him credit as just an upstanding human who always wants to be better and do better. He has one of the strongest drives to be good or to be great or to be legendary than pretty much anyone in that field. You can see as soon as he's locked in, he's not going to lose the game. And you saw when Tyron Matthew kind of got in his ear oh, a little bit. I love that. He was locked in. He's like, I'm not The fact that he chased him down, I've never seen him do that before. Oh, wow. But I loved it. I loved oh, it yeah. because you know what? I'm, when you're on that field, it's a different thing. But it is incredible. And, you know, it's I grew up a huge fan of Michael Jordan. And I really, you know, his drive and his dedication, him him getting up and, and working hard every day inspired me as a young person to want to do the same in my life. Athletes inspire us. So if people out there can't take a moment 
and step back and realize that they should be looking for inspiration from Tom Brady. Uh, they're missing the point. They're just missing the point. And it's just been, it would great to even hear like there was one of the line coaches that he didn't get to see that night on the field because everything gets busy and everybody's got their family down there. And he was on NFL radio yesterday and he said, you know, my first phone call, 730 in the morning, Tom Brady calling me to say, I'm sorry we didn't run into each other last night, coach, but I wanted you to know how much I appreciate you. He spent the whole day thanking everybody, calling everybody and thanking everybody. Who does these kinds of things? Tom Brady does. Yeah, we Now on a different note. One more thing before we finish up on that. We had Doug Flutie on our Total Coverage podcast with Kirk Morrison, which you can uh, check out on the SiriusXM app and Apple as well. And Doug was a backup for Tom Brady in New England in his last season in the NFL. And he was saying how Tom Brady was such a good teammate and how he pretty much went out of his way to make everyone feel comfortable and welcome. Even someone like Doug Flutie, who I think he only had a couple of snaps that entire season, Tom made him feel like he was an integral part of that team and he did that to everyone. So that just goes to show what a great teammate is and why everyone loves playing with him, apart from just the fact that he wins a shitload of Super Bowls. And if you're playing with him, chances are you're going to win at least one Super Bowl. He's a great example of coming from a good family too, because before the Super Bowl, they did this special on his whole family and his parents. And I was like, yep, this is where this all makes sense. (laughs) This all makes beautiful sense. Uh, Another thing that makes sense is Chris, over the weekend, I've discovered a new joy of mine. Uh, it revolves around Instagram. Uh, it's a choice. And for a, a period of time, I was so done with the idiot's playground. If you didn't know, that's the comment section. <laughs> I call it the idiot's playground. I haven't heard that I was that so done. So done with the idiot's playground that everything I posted, I would just hit the turn off commenting. And eventually, you know, my agent and people are like, you know, you need more engagement. You need to start allowing people to comment and you need to start to engage. I'm like, oh my God, I got to start responding to people on Instagram too. Like I do Twitter, I do Facebook, like it's a lot, right? So I respond to like three people a post and then they get like really only three. They're like your three friends. You respond to three people. Eh. So I decided I would open it up. I'd respond a little bit here and there, but here's what I do. When I post a photo that I feel maybe could create some just potential outcomes. You know, I look at it and I'm like, the, the way it's, is it flattering in a certain way? Is it going to attract creepers? So what I do is I post the photo. I give it 10 minutes. Then I go in to the idiot's playground, the comment section, and I feel the temperature in there. And if the temperature in there is too hot, I go right back up there to turn off commenting on just that one post And I walk away. It is like me giving the middle fucking finger to the internet. It is a virtual middle finger. And I found joy in it. It's so like devious because, you know, people get real excited. They're leaving a lot of comments. And then, boom, I cut it off. All their comments are erased. And then also they can't leave anymore. So uh, that is my new joy. Everybody, these are are how Lisa finds joy in life. It's, It's 10 minutes. I go in and I'm like... Oh, hell no, because it's going to be too much deleting from these creepers. So I'm not doing it. But what I am doing is sharing a friend with you today. Another very special female episode. We've got 
a female friend that will be reading the mailbag, but not before you get to share some time with my very good friend who you know as Missy Martinez. You can follow her on Twitter at Missy X Martinez. I'll make sure I post it as well because she's lovely. She's been a friend of mine for years. And now you can just kick back and enjoy a conversation between the two of us. Not very often do you get to go and actually meet somebody knowing that you're going to have sex with them and then you partake in this beautiful activity. And while you're doing it, you're like, you know what? I think this person should be my friend. And this is exactly how I introduce my girlfriend to you today, who I've known for quite a bit, pretty much all of her career, and now watching her transition. Missy Martinez joining us. Missy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This I ba- could barely sleep last night. I could barely sleep. I you was know, just like, is it time yet? Is it time yet? And you were actually one of my friends. Like I only had about 10 friends that I was really bummed about telling I was moving to New York because I knew that like we'd see each other and it would be a little bit harder once I wasn't living there. I mean, you were kind enough in California to get in my car at five o'clock in the morning and drive to Huntington Beach and partake in my walk to end Alzheimer's with me and meet my friends. And, you know, we've just had this thing. So when I was moving, there was a list of like 10 friends where I was like, I'm super bummed, but I got to make time when the world opens up and I get to California and you want to come here, we will see each other. But Missy, we've experienced so many things together when it comes to our career, our lives. And also now uh, the similar common ground would be a transition, which is not an easy thing to do. And most people don't really understand the nuts and bolts of what it really takes. So let's go in reverse and let's talk about how you got into the business and the length of your career before we break it right there and say what you're, you know, transitioning right now. Okay. So in 2012, 2013, it's, I believe 2013, um, me and my husband, he was my, yeah, he was still my husband at that time or yeah, we were married. Um, we went to a porn convention when it was, uh, erotica LA I'm dating. Oh, I know exactly what that is. Porno yeah. garage sale. That shit was great. We just stood there. We sold, sold, sold. Yes. And it was a big, it was in a big center too. Yeah, um, uh, downtown LA. Yeah. LA convention center. And so, you know, I made sure I looked good. I had, you know, a dress on and of course I had big boobs. And so people kept coming up to me wanting to take photos with me. And I'm like, why? (laughs) And then, um, an agent approached me and they're like, you know, would you ever consider getting in the business? And so I'm like, wait, is having big boobs and a dress on, is that the only requirement? Cause I'm qualified. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so I talked to my husband about it and he was like, you know what? Life's too short. If you, if this is something you want to try and dabble in, you know, let's, let's see where it goes. If this is something, you know, it's a life experience. So I started doing girl, girl only. And I did that for, um, a few years, I believe two years Then I won an AVN, um, my like second year in, and then I transitioned to congratulations. Girl. Thank you. Thank you. And then I transitioned to boy, girl, then anal, then DP. So I did the natural progression where you don't do it all at once. So you don't get shot out. And after 10 years in the business, I, you know, I'm like, you know what? My OCD is like 10 is a good number. Let's cut it there. Cause it's very easy to just want to stay in it for sure. And I'm like, you know, I think I had a good run. You know, 10 years is a great length of a career and it is because you were smart enough and you already had a very grounded home life that you didn't go in and go, you know, there's new girls that do a DPC in their second scene. I'm like, well, you know, what do you kind of got left? You know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you kind of spilled your beans quick. You should have saved something. And so 
you stretched it out, but 10 years is almost considered a huge career because the average career in the adult industry is three to five mm-hmm. years. And kind of like, you know, being a running back in the NFL, very similar. But if you make it past 10 years, for some reason, it kind of starts to stick on you like there's never going to be anything else. Yeah. It's this weird transition. And you were smart enough because I was not. You were smart enough to kind of be like, okay, 10 years could be a cap. And I still am young enough and I can really be viable in something else. So now I want to go back to exotic, the, the convention, because... It's so funny when you're in a booth and you're surrounded by, you know, there's hundreds of girls there signing and doing things, but a hot girl walks through, everyone stops, even the girls signing, because we're looking for new talent too. (laughs) We already all know each other. We're at the booth. Like, I've been with you 10 times. Look at this girl. She's hot. She's new. Looks like she has a husband. These are probably great people. Like, let's bring them into our vortex, right? So I could just remember. And I also, I met a lot of couples at trade shows and I always enjoyed talking to them like why are you here together what are you exploring because I was intrigued because I never went to a trade show as a couple so I was just as and it's fascinating to me that you were smart enough to know oh there are very little requirements <laughs> you had big boobs and a, and a dress you were already getting attention and you were like this could be super simple as you decided to take these steps was this in your relationship that you're still in you've been married You've been together, married 14 years. Am I correct? Uh, we'll be married for 14 years and together for 16. So ever since we were high school sweethearts, basically from 18, got married at 21. So I imagine every two years when you were evolving in this 10 year career in the adult industry and you wanted to like pivot, you would sit down with your husband and you guys would talk this through. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's not just something that affected me, it affected him. And, you know, there's inherent risks that come with performing, especially if you're performing a lot. You know, you worry about, oh, what if I catch something and bring it home? You know, it's not just I'm a solo act. Yeah. So, you know, we'd we'd, uh, plan it out trajectory like, okay, this is a first, you know, should I do it for this company, this company? You know, it was it's kind of like we were a team um, and because you know, it's nice to have that sounding board to have someone that's removed enough, but still close enough to the industry to kind of ground you and like, no, you know, we've heard stories about this company or, you know what, I, you get along well with this performer. You should choose this performer for your first one. You know, this is a good rate to charge. We're not gouging people, but it makes it. You also, you know, he made, he was also a sounding board that loved you. Yes. So he truly had your best interest in heart, which is a very unique situation in the adult industry. Normally a couple meets in the business. They've both been performers. They're both engaged somehow. But your situation always caught me as very unique also because your husband, while helping you manage your career, also had his own career and still does. Yes, absolutely. And it's the farthest removed from the adult industry as possible. (laughs) So we call that a suitcase pimp. This is code. Let me give you a little breakdown of a definition. A suitcase pimp is a guy that only dates girls in the business as his way of never working. He does all of her errands. He drags her suitcase to and from set. (laughs) He usually though does get to drive her car all day while she's working. The suitcase pimp makes you judge everything about the girl and the situation. Mm -hmm. And as a strong woman in the industry, the suitcase case pimp was always like the most vile, conniving, but yet I would give them fucking kudos as they bounce like their 10th, 11th girl and I'd see them at different <laughs> trade shows. I'd be like, you know what? Good for you, man. This shit is working for you. There's always a next girl waiting. You have every, you know, because they always had like 
an iPad, two iPhones, a laptop. Everything was always new because the bitch is just fleecing these suitcase pimps, right? Yeah. It is a baller situation if you can get it as the guy. But as a woman, it is something you never once mm-hmm. said about the man that you're with. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's a good side hustle if you can get it. <laughs> yeah. I'm allowed to Uber. Fuck Uber. I'm going to go roll a bunch of these bitches. I'm going yeah. suitcase. <laughs> it's like 10 year plan. You know, I'm going to drag some bitches back so I get to be all the other porn stars. I get to hang out. Maybe they'll get drunk in my room. Maybe they'll be group at. I mean, imagine the mindset of the suitcase pimp. Exactly. And so it's something I, you know, for a while, it's easy to take it for granted that you have someone that loves oh you God. and yeah. um, cares about your career and your trajectory and your safety and your mental health. So, you know, I really lucked out and I got a good one. I think I'll keep them. I think you're keeping think him. Keep and what was the deciding factor and how long did you put into the decision? Because I know this takes time to actually say 10 years I'm going to start to build my next life. I believe it was in my ninth, my ninth year. It started, um, my, it was opposite of like my career wasn't slowing down. I had full fledged MILF now and all the roles were coming in because, you know, I'm, I'm uh, a Latina. So there wasn't that, that um, niche that was filled yet. So, but after a while, after a year, I'm like, you know what? it's getting harder. The industry's changing. And I didn't like what I was seeing going on. And I'm like, you know, I think this is a good solid number to close on, but I kept getting booked and booked. So it's like, you see that paycheck dangling in front of you. It's like, oh yeah, it's hard to take that leap of faith. So I, the money is intoxicating. Absolutely. I'm a fan of money. I enjoy it. Yeah. The money in the business is intoxicating. I moved cross country, so I wouldn't be tempted by it. Oh, there you go. You just out of sight, <laughs> out of mind. <laughs> yes. I can drive down the street, just get my bag. And every time I go back, the bag is bigger. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, that was the biggest temptation. And then I, I just had to realize, you know what, if I don't stop now, I'm never going to stop. And there's nothing wrong with having a legacy career where you just, that's, that's what you do. You're a lifer. And I'm, but it was just, it was getting a little mundane and a little routine and the hours and the stress it was taking on my body and just my, and the traffic and my mental health. Like you said, running back earlier, I'm like, my knees are shot. My football career is over girl. (laughs) You know, and when you said you were starting to see changes in the industry. And I think what that is, as I'm evolving to the next layer of understanding everything is, I think that's when you're really outgrowing mm. it and you become more quiet. And it comes from a quote that I repeat a lot. So a lot of people have heard it and I'm sorry to repeat myself, but it's the quieter you are, the louder you hear. Oh. And so I think as you're getting more settled, cause there isn't as much banter, you know what you're doing, you know who you're doing it with you do start to become more observant. And I think the MILF thing was super fun when it was, I own a sick ass house and my hot pool guy is coming <laughs> over and, and we are going to have amazing sex out Yeah. There, okay. That was when the MILF thing was awesome. Then it kind of added in, oh, well, your stepdaughter is going to stop home. You know, and then I would get offended. I would get offended with the director and say, so what you're actually saying is, I can't afford this house as a woman by myself. Don't mind you, this is all arbitrary. It's a fucking location, okay? But I would say, you're saying that as a woman, I can't only, I'd be married to some schlub who's usually a guy that's just an extra who when they show him on camera, you're mortified because you want to explain to all your fans, he's an extra, he gets paid like a hundred bucks, I would never have sex with him. But yet, I've got to act like this role just to get the same pool guy that three years ago, you guys were just letting me have the pool guy. And that's when I think it probably got a little cluttered for you because that's what it was you and I were talking about this before I was considering moving. And 
That's when I just think like you're outgrowing it as well. Both things are happening at the same time. There's some changes you're not great with. And at the same time, you're like, I'm already one foot out the door. This is just giving me more of that push that I really, really naturally needed. I'm hearing it now. I'm seeing it now. So you make the decision and you're still getting hits for work, I'm sure. So how do you go about this? Did you do a official I'm retiring statement or did you just let everybody know you're retiring? Instead of doing a statement, because I know a lot of people say that's the kiss of death. You know, you're going to go, oh, she'll be back in two years like clockwork. <laughs> I, I chose to write a very poignant and thoughtful and honest um, article. So I, because writing is a passion of mine. So I wrote an article that's like, I've had a great career, but you know, like you were saying, you can kind of outgrow it. I'm like, there's, there's more for me. Not, not that, not to, but I was very careful to not diminish. I understand or, what you're saying. Or yeah. bash the industry. Cause a lot of girls right. leave and just bash it. But I, mine was from an, an attitude of gratitude. You know, it's awarded me a lot of opportunities. I, I was able to travel. I met beautiful people and I learned a lot of life lessons along the way. So that was kind of my, my graceful bow out of it. It's like a, a love letter to the industry. I feel the same way. I mean, there's so much gratitude to be had for the unique situations mm-hmm. and they would have never happened had we been doing something where we get our arbitrary two to three weeks off a year to visit family and we're working nine to five, right? Yeah. So if you really look at it for what it is, we had experiences and there's nothing in life that can replace experiences. You can go make money somewhere else. You can also lose all of that money tomorrow. There's no guarantee with that, but you can't take away the dinners you've had with people where you had great conversations, the places you traveled and met strangers and ended up becoming friends. And there's really something magical about it. And it's great that you kind of took that time capsule of 10 years and said, okay, it's time for me to kind of transition. Once you hit the brakes and you put out your thoughtful writing, which I know you're still writing. Let's touch on that. Uh, You write a weekly or monthly article for Hustler. Am I correct? Yes, I do. I write for Hustler Magazine and Hustler uh, Online. So they're online magazine because, you know, print is having a hard time right now. And so it's kind of transitioning to a new medium. And so for the magazine, I write, I've been, you know, you start the fun pieces. Like right now I'm writing a piece for the website that's about cum, why people love cum, why women love cum in the business. So and this is like a sex in the city. You're like Carrie Bradshaw right now, the triple X version, of course. And so do you actually go down the rabbit hole and do you ask questions on Twitter to gather more information? Do you read it on the internet? Like this cum, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued now. I put out um, an APB. I put out a, just a big, a big tweet saying, you know, performers, if you're interested in this, DM me or tweet me below. And so then I send them over questions and I do it in more like a vignette form when I write. So the girl gets their showcase with okay. their quotes. I don't okay. change anything. So for more for the website, I do more fun, tongue in cheek sex pieces. Right. But for the magazine, I'm trying to show performers in a different light. I wrote a piece where I interview performers of color and especially uh, with what's, you know, the climate right now, you know, what their thoughts are, how fans can help support them, what, what discrimination have they seen? And then right now I'm doing um, pieces on showcasing um, performers artwork. Oh, that's great. Uh, Ginger, have you reached out to Ginger Lynn yet? I have not reach out to Ginger through Christy Canyon because you know how to get a hold of Christy because she's yeah. always she has us on her show on SiriusXM. Um, but Ginger has been doing art for years, and if you watch the the um, Life After Porn 
yeah. uh, that I was in, that I'm on the cover. She's in that one with me. And she does a whole piece on all the artwork that she's done. She'd be really interesting for you to talk oh, to. She loves it. Wonderful. It's her release. But this is a great outlet for you. And also I find like, we like to still have our finger on the pulse of something in the industry. We, mm-hmm. we want to keep our clothes on. Like people hire me for events. Now I say this, like, I love being in strip clubs. Please bring me to your strip club, but just allow me not to strip. Like <laughs> I got to do a gig last February where I was the referee for a champagne wrestling event at a strip club during the day on this big Friday in Philly where everybody goes out and drinks. And I attended a cornhole con- event and uh, <laughs> broadcasted a live radio. And so like that is fringe stuff. You know, it's just, it's fun fringe activities because you and I both are not in denial about who we are Mm -hmm. and the life that we've already lived. We just want to do something different, but still enjoy the fringe activities on the fray. And that's what you get this outlet with Hustler and getting writing. Absolutely. It's close enough. It's still far enough away. You know, your, your, your toes still in it because it's something that's been, a you part miss of, people. Yeah. It's been a part of your life and almost a part of your identity for so long. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest issue I had where, you know, I cut it off and it's like, oh my gosh, I have to be my legal name now. Cause it was a, a form of escape. And, you know, and, you know, not, it's going to sound really conceited, but like, oh, I had a big ego, you know, cause you were just getting compliments all day and everyone was catering to you and the money was rolling in. So it's like, oh, I, I have to ground myself a little bit more now. And I didn't realize how much uh, the constant attention meant to me. Yeah. You don't, you don't realize it when you're living it because it's a norm. Yeah. So you, but then when you step away from it, it's very basic. Like my big joke to my friends is like, I had a really tough time knowing that if I just took my clothes off and walked into a room, people wouldn't throw cash at my feet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would really bum me out. And I can remember my last couple dance gigs where I actually was looking at the stage and like just kicking money around. So get out of my way. So I wouldn't slip the ball on it. I was thinking like, this isn't going to happen for you again. Like your friends are not going to get together and get a bunch of ones just for your own personal entertainment. So those things do coddle you in a way that you didn't know until you don't have them anymore and know and it hasn't happened since. Absolutely. And another thing I've, I found that was kind of hard is, you know, Missy, you know, this, this entity, this, this faux persona doesn't have problems is always happy and horny. And taking that away, peeling that back, taking off that mask had really showed me like, I'm going to have to confront and deal with actual issues now instead of escaping, you know, that form of retreat back to this fantasy land. I can see that completely. And even when you're trying to create a new narrative, you know, I just wrote a chapter about rebranding and how I actually sat down with myself and thought, okay, I got to find new things to talk about because I need to be on social media, but obviously I'm not posting links or photos or updates from new scenes. And how do I actually go about this? And it's it's a slow process that you have to stick with. And people really do project how they feel about the business, porn, how they view porn, whatever it is they're feeling. They project it on you when they see you in person, when they have an interaction with you as you as the human, not you as Missy. People are real conflicted like that. If you were Missy and you're in a strip club, everybody loves you. But if you're somewhere else as a regular person, I've found the first two years were the hardest for mm. me. Um, I found it was absolutely devastating to see how 
hung up people were and how quickly I could feel someone's energy change or how people would just interact. And so what have you seen so far? Because for you, you're now reaching your two-year part of this transition, which is a slow process. Absolutely. So I'm coming up on my two-year, like you said, it would be May 1st. May 1st is will be the two-year mark. And um, we know how pivotal, pivotal that is. So what I see when I encounter people that recognize me, I, I freeze. I get scared. This is going to be a positive experience, a negative experience. And what I've noticed is a lot, most of them are positive. If it's like a fan at, at the market, there was a guy that worked at the market that would constantly like follow me around. Um, and so it's like, that made me uncomfortable, but I was great. Of course. Yeah. I, w- I would talk with them, give them some time. Okay. Now I got to go do my shopping. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, do the queen wave. Not me, man. I'm fucking tasering you right away. <laughs> I'm going to follow me. You follow me. I'm fucking just tasering and be done with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll just walk up and be like, you know what? That that just happened. I don't know how it happened. I've had, in the ball. But I've also had some very aggressive interactions. I believe you. Yeah. So that's why I choose not to go. Yeah. The one thing I've noticed is there's a sense of ownership. They feel that you're a public, a public, you said you are a public figure, that you're a commodity, that you're an object and like, oh no, you're entitled to talk to me. You have to right. you turn on, be missy right now. This is the, right. this is the scenario I've had in my head. So there's an air of familiarity that is really um, molesting. Um, yeah. Like you know yeah. Me. Well said. Yeah. You don't know me. I'm not in that scenario. I'm not in that space right now. I'm, I don't have makeup on, <laughs> you know? Right. So, but there is that feeling of being violated with that. Yeah. And it's, and it's something because it's our work, but it's not like when you see a dentist in the street, you walk up to him and go, Hey, I have a little mouth. You look in my mouth right now. You know, you just don't do that. And so I've always looked at it very nuts and bolts Mm -hmm. that way. And, and you're right. It's a very, uh, especially when you're not prepared for it, you're just running your normal errands. You're being a normal, you're doing your things, right? It can be very overwhelming by the amount of intensity somebody places on you to continue to please them as you please them every time they've watched you. So there's that where you're just like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know what I mean? As I've gotten bolder and stronger and more aggressive, you know, I just confront people back. Usually it's a younger person that's because they're the ones that grew up with another phone, right? They've been watching you since they're 10. Yeah. You know? And and I, I just turn around and say to them, like, they'll be like, yeah, yo, can I have a photo? I usually just say, you know, I'm not working right now. So no, mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. Do you want to do shit when you're not working? And they're like, well, what do you mean? I can't have one. I'm like, let me ask you something. Have you ever paid for porn? <laughs> uh, I'm just just asking. Do you do you pay for porn? Because most of them don't. So I don't feel, I feel their level of entitled can be fought right back with my level of, of this. But now let's talk about it from the other side. There's normal interactions that we have to have that become very frightful that we can make ourselves anxious mm-hmm. about. And it's a conversation I want to have with more men and women going through a transitional phase from whatever business, but it's especially unique in ours that you can build up your own story when you're going to be in a group setting and meet new Mm -hmm. people. And because we haven't let ourselves get out of our bubbles. So my friends would introduce me to one or two people at a time. But when I started working with Sirius XM, imagine I'm going to a group thing and I'm going to meet 40, 50 people at one time. My anxiety is peaking because I'm wondering what everybody thinks about me and how judgmental. And so you can build a negative narrative and then you have to have the the time to say, well, this could go really well Mm -hmm. as well. How do you, at this point, process all of the thoughts that are happening to direct you to still where you want to go, which is forward? I've noticed that there's always going to be one or two people that are on the internet <laughs> that notice, you know, they've watched porn. And even though I'm wasn't, I was more of a boutique performer, 
you will they'll all pop up. You will see things here. Yeah. So there's a chance that, you know, a sub a subsection of the populace will see will know who I am. And so it spreads like a wildfire that one person at the dinner party or at the, the company party tells one person, tells one person, tells one person. And I'm seen as a not. You feel it. You happen. know it. You, you feel know it, happen. it. And I, it's so I haven't been treated poorly, but there's always that awkwardness that like they're like, sure. can I see her nipples through her dress right now when I'm with my husband at a holiday party or, or I'm treated as a novelty everyone kind of wants to ask right. questions, yeah. but I've had um, a negative. You so, can I say this? You say it so nicely by saying novelty. I tell people I'm not a fucking <laughs> science project. Like, why are you talking to me like I'm a fucking science project? Like, cause, but you say it's so sweet. Cause that's how you are. It's so sweet. But um, Novelty, but you're right. And, and they want to like, I'm willing to sit down and have conversations yeah. with people, but I don't want you just coming at me because you, I'm a novelty and now you're just going to be at me asking me a million questions. Do you know this person? Do you know this person? What's yes. this like? You're like, okay, I'll give you three questions. So think of them slowly. <laughs> and then that's it. This is a mute topic. Absolutely. And so it's trying to find that, that balance where, you know, you're, you're gracious because it's nobody, the average person does not really know an adult performer, especially one that, right. you know, they've watched before. So I get that, you know, I allow them that curiosity, but they still have to be respectful. That's my biggest line is just respect me. And especially if I'm out with my husband, I don't want him to be um, someone to embarrass him. Not that he's embarrassed yeah. of me, but other people's actions or to um, demean him like, oh, why do you let you do that? What does he think about it? Like that. Of course, that they throw their judge. It's again, it's just the judgment. They're just shaming. They're just projecting. And whether it's you or him, they can't figure it out. Their brain is not large enough to compute this. And what they do is just project how many times have guys walked up to you and asked your husband to take a photo of you? And I'm not talking about trade shows. I'm talking about in regular settings because I've always found that to be the most awkward. I'm on a date. Guy walks up to us, just just hands my date the phone. Yo, man, can you take a picture of us? Like, just like that. And I'm like, oh, that, that so is cringeworthy. That is so funny that you bring that up. I didn't ever stop and think that that was like kind of like a normal thing. I just thought it was like a one-off. And that's happened a bunch of times. A bunch of times. Or yeah, or um, they've asked. I try to make light of it by saying something like, hey, this is a feverish masturbator that likes me a lot. Uh, you don't mind touching his phone and taking a photo of us together while we're on a date, right? To my date. Like I, yeah. I just try to, you know, properly introduce and a little bit of shaming to the fucking dude that's busting yeah. out my time. Yeah, absolutely. And I never, it's, it's coming into your personal space. Yeah. You know, it's coming into your personal space when you're having an intimate moment, whether it's with a friend or a significant other. And it almost makes you put up a, a guard like, oh God, like people are going to see me. I have to be incognito right now. And you know, the masks are great right now. <laughs> so be Mask life is like the best life. <laughs> like I'm living my best life with people being afraid of being in groups and being around people and, and crowds and masks. Like this is just heavenly. I haven't gone to the grocery store in over a year and a half. I just order everything online. Like, it's just, there's no interaction. I I'm loving this no interaction part of it, but it does take time. And I will tell you this. And, you know, we got to chance to catch up a little bit last night on the phone and I'm at a different kind of point than you. And I can see each time it clicks where 
I become unaffected and now everything is just kind of, I've embraced everything and I've been kind of through every situation like once. So I don't overthink it as much. Now I can easily say to myself, well, like nothing bad's happened so far. Like you're going to be okay. But it is a time that you're deep in thought and you can be very anxious and you can become very insecure. And then you can turn on social media and decide to look at something and have somebody just say something to you that is so off-putting. We're constant soundboards for other people's sexual issues. Mm-hmm. Because Absolutely. we don't have sexual issues. We decided we were sexual beings and we went out there, we explored with ourselves. And we put a product out there that guess what? It's your choice if you want to watch it. Nobody is forcing you to watch mm-hmm. the porno. But if yeah. you watch it, you know who we are. Be cool, right? Yeah, exactly. It seems, you know, common sense isn't all that common. <laughs> I and, see that all the time. Yes, <laughs> I've learned to not expect that much from other people. <laughs> Lower your expectations and you will be one much happier in life. When people treat me weird, they tell people, lower your expectations in life, buddy. You'll be a lot happier, I promise you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if my bar was any high, like, my bar is so low, I couldn't limbo underneath it. <laughs> So how do you feel at this point in your marriage, two years into making this decision, getting out there in the world and meeting new people? How is it settling with you? I'm really, really enjoying this journey. And it's it's scary because each day is something I haven't, I haven't encountered before. In porn, there was that repetition. You know exactly what to do. Sure. But with this, it's a new journey and it's exciting and it's scary. And I feel like my relationship is much healthier now. There's not a third person involved or five other people involved. It's that I feel like the intimacy has really returned on a different level. Sure. You're not sharing yourself in any way, shape or form with anyone. Uh, You've become completely in touch with the two of you as a couple exclusively together. You don't have scary things on the back of your mind. Like, what if I contracted something today on set? You know, there's just moments on set that happen. There's the phone call. Oh, we're shutting everything down. Do you guys want to finish the scene or do you just want to call it for the day? We've got to make something positive. That shit's stressful. Okay, that shit's stressful. And for people out there that want to kind of shame us and come after us after the fact, think about what we went through to make that product for you and what weighed on our mind on a regular basis that was, you know, very scary. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so that's a wonderful pressure that's not there anymore. And I can just live life and wear my yoga pants and not have to pull them down and oil up my ass. <laughs> um, I celebrated the one year anniversary of not taking any, any antibiotics. I mean, you know, you're always taking <laughs> antibiotics. You're always either scared from a scene. Like my thing was I would do a ski scene, whether it was a location that was sketchy or somebody mm-hmm. involved. And I would call Dr. Riggs. <laughs> on my way out of set. And I'd be like, yo, Riggs, I'm coming in for a shot. You have anything? I don't think I do, but I don't feel good about what I did today. And if I don't do the shot, I will not be able to sleep tonight. And what I did to myself was I uh, jeopardized my own immune system yeah. because I was taking the shot easily six times a year minimum. I was on, and I was in the hospital in Vegas in pneumonia on a respirator over a shoot that I did for Brazzers in a airplane hangar that had no heat and they thought nothing of the winter in the desert in the middle of nowhere. it was like 20 degrees in there. We're naked on this floor. So next thing you know, I'm sick. So all of this came to a head when I was in the hospital, like, do you do antibiotics? I'm like, yeah, about every other month uh, (laughs) for the past like eight, nine years, you know? And so it made it a lot harder for me to get better. These are all 
heavy things that weighed on us that make this new life and also let you look back in gratitude at just the fun that you had. So if you could tell me what you miss most, other than the money, (laughs) we got to say the money first, but what you miss most about being on set. What I miss the most is I, I miss the interactions that I would have there, there was an air familiarity, like a family, you know, like, oh, hey, I haven't seen you. Oh, last time I saw you, you were in my butt, you know, how the kids, you know, yeah. it's like a, a bizarre, fa- a bizarre fucked up family. Yeah. And I loved that. And I loved going to clubs and dancing. I loved going to, to conventions and cause I'm a ham, I'm just a natural yeah. ham, you so, are. but I, I liked meeting people that were respectful and you, these were people that you brought joy to, even if it's just, yeah. you know, for five minutes in the bathroom while they're doing that. It's, it, yeah. it's, a, it's a way to spread joy. And I, I liked making people happy. Yeah, I liked, you know, I, I think I miss the most is getting to set, you know, somebody bring, I always usually bring a speaker and some music, the crew would be loading in, makeup is setting up, you know, and you're just kind of following the crew around the people that you know, checking in, their families, all this. I didn't check my phone during the day when I was on set. I let myself just really fall into that escape of just like listening to music and talking with my friends, waiting for my male talent to show up and just like, I didn't fuck with anything to me, it was just such a great escape. And I agree with you being on the road, uh, not just be even being in the clubs for me. Like I can remember I went to this club in Huntsville, Alabama for once a year, every year for like five, six years. And, you know, in a small town like that, people don't switch jobs. And I'm very routine with my flights. I take the red eye. So I've always got to be the struggle bus when I get into a hotel and I'm trying to convince them to let me into my room early. Or I make the club check me in the night before. But I remember one year I met this girl, Jennifer, that worked at the hotel front desk. And she was just lovely. And every year I went back, she was there. And it ended up being like I would sit at the front desk and get a coffee with her. And so those little interactions of people, I miss that a lot. I miss just... I felt like Dora the Explorer on the road and I would just talk to everybody. And then when I would go home, I would talk to nobody. Like you you go through this totally two worlds, two lives. And I know we're going to be friends for our whole lives. And I'm starting to build this nice little group. You know, I'm Tara Patrick, who's in Italy, Eric Everhard, who's in Prague. And, the, and I'm like, listen, if we've had sex with each other and we didn't have a tragic breakup, why are we not still friends? Why are we not hanging out? Like we have a, we have a sisterhood and it's kind of like college roommates. You people 60 years still go back and hang out with their college roommate. And we have that really unique bond in the business. And it's, it's fun to watch everybody's new lives. And also we need to spread the word to the world to just be more open-minded and to hope that they can interact with people where they work when maybe you hear somebody talking about somebody in a way or judging them for things that they've done. Like I'll use OnlyFans, for example. Look at how many women that are not in the industry are utilizing OnlyFans at this current time to put food on their table, pay their bills. As mm-hmm. basic as this. Those women have the fear of getting shamed and they yeah. don't even know what it feels like yet. Absolutely. And it's just kind of people like mind your own body. Mind if you're not hurting anyone. Who, who cares? More power to you. Go out, live your best life, succeed, make some mistakes, but learn. And it's just that one thing where it's everyone has an opinion. And the only opinion that matters is of you and your loved ones. That's the, I only, agree. That's the only opinions that matter. 
I agree with you. I am so glad that we reconnected for this. Absolutely. Um, how can everyone find your Hustler articles? I'm sure you put them on your Twitter, which is at Missy X Martinez. Where else can everyone find your good, good stuff? Um, you can pick up my um, Hustler magazines on stands. If you, if oh my you, God, stands. I love you. You still read stands. Yes. Or at uh, hustlermagazine.com. And I do have an OnlyFans. It's the only place to see my boobs now and my butthole now. So that's okay. Uh, so only- there is exclusivity to the boobs, the butthole. There OnlyFans. is. What is your OnlyFans is also Missy X Martinez. Am I correct? I am consistent. <laughs> yes, my mama, mama. So let's let's talk about this for a couple of minutes. Um, OnlyFans, easy platform to use. It's definitely gotten easier since we've been using it. Favorite thing? least favorite thing you got to be honest about it because i'm going to tell you mine because i recycle all my content on my only fans so i'm going to tell you favorite thing i love posting photos that's easy for me to do like oh i feel cute today i put on makeup photos easy done <laughs> that's so funny when we put on makeup we feel like we should do everything under the sun it is done there too and no makeup <laughs> yeah and least favorite thing is shooting customs because okay. I get anxiety about it. I'll put it <laughs> off. Because you don't know if it's going to be good enough. Yeah, it's not going to be good yes. enough. If I'm not in the right headspace, since I haven't performed in two years, I'm like, did I yeah, forget yeah. how to do this? Right, right. So it's it's like riding a bike. It's like riding a bike, but it's <laughs> yeah, like you shove the bike up your ass. You can masturbate with a bunch of toys. You know what I mean? We've done, we've done this in every position. We've done on rocks outside, cold, winter, summers. Come on, which, which, once the light is on and you feel yourself naked, you're like, Okay, I don't have any props. Uh, I know exactly what to do. Yeah, exactly. So I build it up in my head and I procrastinate and I'm like, that's bad for my brand. I don't want to be seen as, you know, someone that takes a long time to do that. But I get in my head about it and get anxiety and and I don't know why. So that's something I'm trying to conquer right now. So I think the more I do it and I got to make myself do it immediately, do it immediately. Um, I'm exactly the same with photos on Instagram. I will waste three hours of my day back and forth with a photo and a caption. And I don't know why. And it's making me miserable. And I just started like, I don't know, because I went kind of pretty silent during the beginning of the pandemic. And then I kind of kind of started. I have to ease back into the world. And I'm just like, I still don't have a lot to say. And I'll, I'll look at a picture and I'll find something I hate about it. And it will consume me. So I know exactly what you're saying. And I just started doing a little research on this and looking into this and realizing that we're striving for perfection mm-hmm. when really we need to strive for completion. So we need to look at it as the same value as everything else that we're doing. We need to complete the task. I'm very proud. I had seven minutes. I picked a photo and put an Instagram post up right before we came on here. Yeah. Problem is I didn't go back and do a spell check. I didn't turn off at comments. I didn't do it, but I did it. So I can understand that. Um, that's something you and I have very much in common. We are striving for perfection. We're overthinking it. When you're in a transition, you do overthink everything because you want to know, is this something uh, worth me doing? Should I be doing this? Is this a value? That kind of a um, thing. I'll say my favorite thing about OnlyFans is I love reliving all of my scenes because you remember yes. stuff that happened that isn't in the photos. Whether it's something spilled, something broke, a chair broke, uh, you only brought one of that shoe, whatever it may have been. You remember (laughs) something about that day that kind of takes you down memory lane. My least favorite is how aggressive people are in the direct messages on OnlyFans. Like, oh my God, like this little membership does like, and when you don't answer, you know, I don't look at it too, too often. When I go in, Mm -hmm. I try to put a little time in it. 
nice comments. I'm going to respond back. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. You know, why not? But man, what you got to sift through and there'll be guys that like, why aren't you answering me? When you click on it, there's about a hundred. Why aren't you answering me? It makes you scared to walk outside outside your house. Like this guy could try to find me, ask me in person. Why am I not answering his direct message? (laughs) Yeah. I had one comment that like, really, I flagged it. He's like, damn, your tits are so big and fake. I'm surprised no one's Ted Bundy'd you yet. Okay, I got one asking to buy my teeth, asking me to go to the dentist to pull two teeth out from my teeth. Okay, so there's there's that, but it's a tool that you're using. It's providing yes. you a stream of income. You did well yeah. during your time in the business, Missy. The one thing I've admired at many things, but you never lived beyond your means, and you always kept your life where you didn't need to be in the business. You made sure that you were in the business because you wanted to. And that probably Uh comes from it being such a casual thing of you walking into a convention and and becoming spotted, Uh, you know, which must have been amazing, but you've done right. We'll be friends forever. I'm always here to help you through this transition. I want everyone to follow my girl, Missy X Martinez on Twitter, where you will find links to everything else that she has and be super cool to her and be supportive like you've been to me through this transition. Missy, thank you so much for joining us here today at the Lisa Ann Experience. Thank you so much, my dear. I love, 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 love you. I love you more. We'll talk later, okay? Great. Bye-bye. Bye. That was such an amazing time to chat with Missy and uh, a great story about how easy it is to get in the adult business, ladies. Not for the guys, dudes, you know, it's not as easy for you. But if you're a hot chick and you're considering it, I advise you to put on a sexy dress and go to a trade show and see how quickly you get poached because it will happen. We notice fresh meat walking the floor and we want you in our strange group of people, our, our pack of wild animals. Just like the pack of wild animals that get their paws together and decide to send me weird emails, asking me on dates. Again, everybody, start listening to my podcast because the people who do listen, they're laughing at you because we know you don't listen. If you listen, you'd know I was not going out with you. But my friend O'Malley really wanted to be a part of this. She and I, I usually send her weird DMs by text and we stay connected. And she was enthralled by the DM over my teeth. So I said, hey, if you like that DM so much, you want to come and read some emails? So here we are with the female voice getting in the game with us, getting in the mailbag for the Ask Lisa Ann portion of the Lisa Ann experience. The moment you've all been waiting for, the Ask Lisa Ann mailbag, the wild ride through the ridiculousness that is emailed to me by ridiculous people. And they're everywhere. And I am the decoder of it all. And so for a a real twist, We get a female voice today. This is very unique, everybody. We get a female voice bringing in the mailbag. That is my friend, O'Malley, who you can follow on Twitter at O'Malley with two underscores, right? It's two. All right, let's get this party started. I really appreciate you joining me because you have a lot of fun seeing things that I post on social media that people send me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the first one is, hey, what's up, Lisa? I took this time to write you because my biggest dream is to be with you. I'm 22 years old, student from, oh, sorry, a student, and I live in Edison, New Jersey. I would do anything to just make it happen. I mean, 
Lisa, it's Brian, who's 22 from Edison, New Jersey. I mean, come on. Oh, everything about that. Everything about that was so appealing. I mean, like, he, really, he really painted the perfect story. Right. He also used the controversial emoji that we are not sure if it is praying hands or high-fiving. I'm going to say it's praying hands, and I'm going to say don't use the religious praying hands when you're trying to get tail people. I just think it's not appropriate. But let's yeah. talk about Brian here. Yeah. First of all, Brian is a 22-year-old student living in Edison, New Jersey, and his biggest dream is to be with me. I feel fucking bad for Brian. Yeah, I mean, like, I think it would be, you know, great because you're such an awesome person. And, but it's but also really, sort of... This is your biggest know, dream. Besides everything else. But it's it's sort of like, what are you doing with your life that you're... Yeah, don't you want to see Europe? Yeah. I mean, do you want to do you want to skydive? Like, is there, you know, you do, do you want to be married with children? So these biggest dreams come with a lot of responsibility. And these guys just dish it out like they're salespeople as if I'm the dream maker. Like I'm supposed to make everybody's dream come true. So Brian, I suggest uh, you build up your life in Edison, New Jersey. You start to read and develop your mind to believe that your biggest dream in life should not be meeting a stranger. Right. Yes. So bad. What do we have? Next? We have uh, Eric, who says he's not sure if I'm allowed <laughs> to ask as far as dating goes, but I'm curious how dating has been going for you. Also curious if guys come across you day to day in public and have the confidence to chat you up, or are they intimidated by you? Uh, also, the winky face emoji. Oh, yeah. You know, in, in my life, men don't use a lot of emojis, okay? But the guys that write to me all use emojis. I think it's a uh, it's a death blow. I mean, it just it's just weak. You know what I mean? It's not putting your best foot forward. But Eric, here's the thing. He says he wants to know if guys have the confidence to come up to me in public. Here's the problem, O'Malley. It's all the wrong guys, right? Mm-hmm. Dating is not a problem. I'm dating someone. I tell this in my podcast all the time. No one cares. They still think I've started to write back to people on Facebook that ask me on dates. I've started to write back individually saying my boyfriend doesn't like it when I date other people. Okay. This this is a great answer, but you know, the idiots are always coming at me and they come at me in a strange, confused way as if just because they've watched me online or on their television, that they're entitled to some second chance at an interaction. This podcast is my chance to clarify this to the world, O'Malley. You've had your Lisa Ann already. That's it. Kaput. Mm -hmm. If you want to follow me on social, great. If you want to learn more about me, I put out a lot of information between my podcast, my radio shows, other interviews I do. Just pay attention, but stop paying attention to just me. This is is exactly what I was going to say as I was reading this. I was like, they talk about being your biggest fan, but if they were the, your biggest fan, they would be following along and they would know ding, 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 all ding, of this ding, stuff. Ding, ding, so ding, they're, ding. they have absolutely no creativity to come. <laughs> they have no game. They're in your DMs. And you said like the winky face or the praying hands. <laughs> My biggest thing is when a guy says he, he. Oh, oh you know what? Do that I to could me. probably be oh. in a 10 year relationship where we have never had a fight and I got a he, he text and we be done. done. I'd be packing his shit done. up, moving it out of the house. He, he. I agree with you. There's just certain yeah. things. The female intuition here is huge, O'Malley, because I agree. He, he is. So there's certain things that people can say by text that will just like, oh, I don't want to be so judgmental, but I'm judging mm-hmm. you right now. That was a yeah. poor choice. 
Yeah, somebody could screw up, and I'm I'm a big bear there. There, they could screw that up. You know, maybe, it's, maybe. you know, it's sort of autocracked or something like that. You drop a hee hee out. <laughs> out. You drop a hee hee. I drop the breakup. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> so here we have uh, David. Dear Lisa, for many years I have watched you and <laughs> what you do. <laughs> I'm serious XM. And I'm impressed a lot of girls. I've I've impressed a lot of girls through watching you. Okay, this is the, David this just is, flexing right now. Like I've learned from your craft, okay? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. But for the past six years, not five, not four, six <laughs> years, his dream has been to be with you in bed one day. I just wanted to know if you could make that dream come true for me. <laughs> I would be the happiest man alive in the world if you would do. In a case where you can't, would you be able to hook me up with one of your agencies so I could make a great start one day? Thank you for your well-anticipated reply. Get the fuck out, David. <laughs> She just wants it like first of all, I almost want to stand for this because when I when I choose the emails and put them on the Word doc, I have these feelings of emotion, so I print it out and write things that just drive me crazy. I'm not a fucking genie, okay? I don't make dreams come true. I don't come out of the bottle and grant wishes. Stop. Yeah, right and I, the right and way. Then also, when I decided that I never want to be in bed with you one day, and then I also don't want to make your dreams come true. You're going to hand me some fucking paperwork and ask me to go find an agency to find you a gig? I mean, how entitled are these people? (laughs) Oh, my God, David. Sure. Let me stop everything in my life and 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 get you. Also, David, do you prefer a brunette, a tall, blonde? What what I need to know. Can you fill out a criteria card, David? David, if you've actually had women, as you say you have. I would stick with them, which I don't believe there are. And I hope this six-year relationship with your fondness of me being in bed with you is fucking over. <laughs> David, again, probably doesn't listen to my podcast. Probably so not. That's what makes because there, he's so- your biggest fan. <laughs> biggest fan. Listens to your podcast. Biggest fan. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, ooh, I don't know this one's name. Yeah, sometimes I like to be decoy about it. But he gave his phone mm. number. Like, I'm not going to give you my real fucking name, but my phone number is going to be in the email. Yeah, I know. I, I, I think it's Drake you. 9. Yeah, I was going to ask you what I could read uh, uh, part of it, but I won't. Oh, wait, he does say number. his name in the email. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so here I go again. So this is what I read. And I was like, again. These are people that send 100 emails a week. I have some yes. folders. I have one folder going right now that is really impacting my Gmail storage. This guy sends me anywhere from one to 300 emails a week. Okay. It's so obsessive. I finally blocked him because I don't want to pay for more storage or I have to delete all the other weirdo emails that I'm saving because these emails are strategically saved. And my best friend has the passwords to my accounts so that when I'm missing, murdered, or found in pieces, they know where to start. Yeah. So this is a guy who doesn't bother you that much, just a little bit. So, hello, my name is Brett. I've been trying to contact you for months. Months, Lisa. Can you believe it? Months. months. Oh, my God. All during the pandemic. Just sitting I around trying my to God. contact me. <laughs> I am your number one fan. Hmm. 
this is getting to be like, I'm starting to see a pattern. It's anyway. a theme. They think they're selling yeah. me. They think I'm yeah. flattered. They're flattered that a feverish masturbator is like dying to meet me. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I am so intrigued by you. I would give anything in the world to talk to you or meet you. I know that this will never happen, but it's my biggest dreams in the world. I know you probably don't have time for my messages, and I truly hope to hear from you. It would make me the happiest person to alive to hear from the real you. I have so many questions and comments about your work. Contact me, please. You would make me so happy. Winky, kiss, heart eyes, star eyes? I don't know. And I don't know how he got the star eyes to be a different size emoji either. So there's a little okay. there's a little something Brett did there that intrigued us, right? He's got yeah. But again, with the multiple emojis. Uh, first yeah. of all, I'd like to tell everyone out there that I'm an entertainer to the masses. Uh but I'm not an entertainer one-on-one. You can mm-hmm. easily use a calculator and calculate the amount of people that follow me. And then the fact that they would all like me to make their individual dreams come true with the guilt that they apply to me of the pressure of, oh, you make me the happiest man in the world. I I don't know where I became the bearer of dreams and happiness. I did not see this in the sign up. When I was filling out my forms to get into porn, like, you know, job requirements, there was not one on there that said I was be granting wishes for the rest of my life and people were going to be begging me to make them happy. It is up to you, my friend, Brett, to make yourself I, happy. I think these guys went from writing to Santa to writing to you. I mean, <laughs> and I also just, think just these guys, asking. mothers never said no to them and they are laying their Jewish guilt on me because the amount <laughs> of guilt that is inflected in these emails, like, could you just do this for me? It's so, and by the way, I was just talking with somebody this morning and I said, you know, what I get is this perspective of the world, right? I get people that, you know, will hire a private detective, which I'm dealing with right now. Somebody got, mm-hmm. you know, my phone number and luckily I'm living off the grid, but they, you know, some personal email accounts, some things because they're that desperate. And then I think to myself, like, okay, you've, you've illegally gathered my information and you're calling me from, from a VPN. So my phone rings, my phone volume has had to be off for the last 48 hours. It just rings every three minutes and text just coming in every three minutes. And I'm thinking like, does anyone really find that to be a panty dropper? Like, am I supposed to be flattered that this guy went out of the way to actually legit stalk me, finds me, and then I'm going to answer the phone and be like, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. Yeah, wow, I'm, I'm really so excited. Happy. Well, how'd you get my info? Oh, wow, I'm so flattered. Thank you so much for reaching out and stalking me like this. Are you outside my door? Really not murdering me? What is your deal? You know, so mm-hmm. everyone just needs to understand, like, it's a lot. It's a lot. And it gives me an insight where I have to have normal interactions. Otherwise, I'm going to think that this is the world that we live in right now. Absolutely. No, I, I I do wonder what they think they're going to do. Like if, if you were to grant their dreams, what were, you're going to come to their house or and they're going to go to your house and sweating and pass yeah. out. And, and they then would, sex and then, would never happen. They'd never be right. able to get hard. And if they did get hard, they'd pre-come before it was yes. even an opportunity. I mean, these guys could never handle it. The second I'd be in right. front of them, they'd fall apart. They're tough guy behind the email with their guilt. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's also very sad. It's sad yeah. that guys think they can email women and ask questions like especially the one in this next email yes 
Will you marry me? <laughs> I mean, I get so many fucking marriage proposals a day. I, and I'm like, I don't think I've ever asked someone that. So it was quote, like, will you marry me? I get him on I get him on Twitter, I get him on Facebook, and I just think to myself, like, don't you want to meet somebody first? What if I'm a vile person? You know what I mean? What if we just right. don't buy this obsession with I believe that dating apps and internet shopping, I believe that they both merged together. And people mm-hmm. now feel that they can go onto the internet and click anything and and, and get it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not fucking Amazon. You can't just click order purchase. Like that's a, but I do believe that there is some sort of confusion of how you actually get into a relationship or potentially get married. So uh Gary, with good punctuation and good spelling and a question mark, no, I will not marry <laughs> you. And anyone out there that's listening, my biggest pet peeve is being asked out. Being said to, hey, can I buy you dinner? I can buy myself fucking dinner, buddy. It's always the response I want to give, but I try to be nice. And, Mm -hmm. you know, because otherwise people are just going to be nasty, right? But it is a pet peeve of mine because it shows me like how weak you are as a man. When a man asks me out on the internet and has never met me in person, right away, I just feel bad for him. And I can probably count the amount of times he's had sex with a real woman on one hand. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if this is... A part of that, I don't know if how I'm I'm reading it is the the next one or not. But next I'll one start. is a different one. Yes, it is. Okay, up. just cut different. All right, uh, dear Lisa Ann, uh, I think he meant to say which he did a spelling error. Poor guy, because yes. he did so well with the email. Mm. It's he's you can tell his age by how he set up this email. Dear Lisa Ann, comma then it's spaced. Then it, you yes. know he did this proper, but he did not spell check. Yeah, so. that just which diet and training schedule you follow? Do you share your diet online? Greetings, Patrick. You know I've been starting to add more onto my Facebook at the Real Lisa Ann. I've been sharing my workouts, but you know my followers ruin it because they cuss me out because I'm wearing a mask and they're all insistent that masks don't work. And I have to tell them that it's rule in my building and it's none of their business. And it just Every time you share right now, uh, it's become this war. And, you know, I really refrained from posting for about 10 months. I was really quiet during this. And, you know, my agent was kind of nudging me. I had people saying, like, you're not putting anything. I'm like, I have nothing to say. And I'm so afraid to say something because I know the second I do, there's going to be this ricochet back to me, whether I'm not wearing a mask. Like, I can post Flashback Fridays, like with the date, Flashback Friday, 2019. So, of course, I'm not wearing a mask. Oh, my God, the war that I get. Where's your fucking mask? Like, where are all the people that were just scolding me for wearing a mask? Aren't they supposed right. to come on and celebrate that I'm not wearing a mask? Right. It's just everybody's got something to say and they're missing the point. The point is I'm trying to share my workouts. I'm trying to share how I'm living and I'm trying to give you a look into my life. And when you kind of make it your own and kind of, then it's like, ah, but yes, I am sharing more. My goal is to work out a minimum of five days a week. I work out hard for 45 minutes to an hour, but during the week I try to add in three to four other hours of random activity, whether it's swimming, whether it's basketball, whether it's the rowing machine, the Peloton. So I'll work all day in my office. Then I'll say, okay, I've been stagnant since my 8 a.m. workout. Uh, It's now 7 p.m. I'm going to go swim for an hour. So I like to get that extra movement. And then when it comes to my diet, it was a a pure experiment when I decided to try a plant-based diet. 
Um, I wanted to try it for six months because a friend of mine had done it and he had felt so great. And it wasn't to lose weight at all. It was really just to try it. I had watched a bunch of documentaries, how you can have optimal health by eating more nutrient-dense foods. So when you're eating plant-based, you're constantly... I don't buy a lot of pre-made plant-based products. I did cheat for Super Bowl and bought a bunch of nut cheeses and all the non-dairy cheeses and stuff. But it's really just you're living on plants, vegetables, beans, quinoa, you know, brown rice, things that are really good, easy to prepare in bulk, easy to reheat. And it become it just became this like easy way to eat. And also... People don't realize if you're just buying fruits and vegetables and beans, man, my grocery bill went down tremendously because I was always the one buying, you know, the grass fed organic piece of meat at Whole Foods, which is $25, $30, right? I'd buy right. some seafood. I didn't want it frozen. I wanted it fresh. So you throw in like $50 to $80 on your grocery bill. And I realized how inexpensive it was. And then it was my first physical. I've been battling anemia my whole life. And I also battled psoriasis. Uh, which I have to really work hard to keep at bay. When psoriasis flares up, it's not a pleasant experience, right? So after the six months and then the year later going for my physical, um, because I had stuck with it, my doctor said, wow, all of your numbers are so much better. And I said, and I also hadn't had a flare up on my skin, not one. And that was one of the things, people with autoimmune diseases, people with skin, all these things, if you really clean up the diet. So Patrick, thanks for the great question. We are not going to give you a hard time for missing the H in which we still love you because you gave us a good palate cleansing. And this next one's fun because I think we should go back and forth with what we like better. This is a friend of mine, Scott. He always makes sure he sends me a good question. I have a a good group of friends that know that I need like one good non question in my email a week. So I get right. Keeping it simple. Beach or mountains? I love them both. What about you? I mean, I love to go to the beach, but I'm a big skier. And you know, when we had the beginning of the last snowstorm, here's me calling around to rental car places in the city, asking if anyone rents cars with chains, you know, so (laughs) I can drive to the Poconos and go to the mountains, go skiing. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, you know, chains for the tires so I can get up a mountain, like an SUV with chains. They're like, we have have snow tires. I'm like, no, no, no. You obviously don't know because when you're – uh, mm-hmm. Like Big Bear or, or oh, Tahoe yeah. in California, you could rent a car with chains. You put them on the wheels to get you up the mountains. So right. I love them both. I love beach and mountains. Yeah. So being from California, I love the beach, but I got to a point where I just never went during the day if I could avoid it. So I surfed. And of course, if you are surfing, you go early in the morning. Early in the morning. High, yeah. High tide and everything. But I like the beach at night. I like I bonfires. Oh I like all of that. Like watching the you know, sunset. sun go down. There's yeah. nothing better than that, man. There was that's that Chica State Beach that still let you have bonfires. And we used to pay, pay the teenagers that lived across the street from my apartment to camp out there and get us a bonfire. We give them like 10 bucks yeah. an hour. Teenagers will just sit there and hold the oh, board yeah. for you, you know? And we'd watch oh, yeah. the sunset and then we'd light the fire. It was awesome. Oh, awesome. uh, yeah. So Oh, and I, I definitely love the mountains too. I mean, I grew up going to Big Bear and Big Bear. Uh, Julian and San Diego, so yep. all of that stuff. So I definitely like them both, but it just depends on on when. Um, sneakers or boots? I'm both. Uh, I like them both. Boots, you know, winter. That's one of the fun things about moving back to the Northeast is being able to rock some style that's winter related. You know, it's great about yeah. a big coat. Nobody cares what you're wearing underneath it. You can look like total crap and walk right. out of your house to run errands. Your coat goes to your feet. No one knows. You look great. Right. Exactly. <laughs> no. And I, I think I it depends because I have I have a pair of Adidas that look like um, 
like the house of pain. Yeah. Like the green, but it just doesn't have that, that one little logo with, you know, Danny boy and all of them put out forever ago, but they're like, my, they're perfect in every other way. And I love those like to a point that they cannot be dirty. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't like anything to be dirty, but no, like no. they cannot be dirty, but like boots, obviously you just depending on what you're doing. I yeah. mean, I don't yeah. know, just depending on what you're doing. So uh, cake or ice cream? Yeah, I'm going to have to say neither on both. Mm -hmm. If I was going to choose a dessert, it's got to be more extravagant. If I'm having like, if I'm going to have calories, I'm going to go with like a cannoli or some specialty (laughs) chocolate briole, like something just like, you know, the the dessert that the waiter asks you when you place your order. Hey, if you want this chocolate lava cake, you got to order it when you order your dinner. Oh, fuck yeah. I'll take that. That shit takes 45 minutes to make and it's going to be hot, fresh lava. That's what I'm having. So Cake or ice cream just aren't worth the calories to me. Right. Yeah. So I am. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to go same same route. I okay. Don't. Um, I yeah, love cannolis. Do you love cannolis? Yeah. So the one my picture <laughs> um, is me eating my first and only cannoli. Oh, I had no idea. Was yeah. it a outer body experience? No. You didn't love it. Mm-mm. Oh, I'm sorry. I love. No. Them. I I'm sure them. they're really great, but it, it was. It was very, 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 very sweet. And yeah. I just wasn't like you overwhelmed. Yeah. But my friends took that picture. They like, I was trying it. They all knew I hadn't tried one. So that's why that picture exists with me, you know, <laughs> with the, the, I got the it. coming out of my mouth I got it or, or going this up to my sense. mouth. Yes, yes. So that's why that picture exists. And it's funny. And it's sort of like, hey, whatever I'm saying, don't take me seriously. Right. I'm snarky and I'm sarcastic. And like, it's supposed to be like, I don't take myself seriously. Please. I get it. Realize. Yeah. So that's what that's about. So and I'm a dark chocolate person. So I'll, oh. I'll do dark chocolate. But I really like dark chocolate, like special dark yes. is incredibly sweet. Yes. I mean, like I'm in the eighties when I eat dark chocolate. So love it. Um, comedies or dramas? Uh, always comedies for me. I, I'm always a comedy. Even if it's a comedy that I know what's going to happen. I'm always the comedy stepbrothers, the other guys. Uh, this is 40, you know, I, I knocked up, you know, you don't, you can go back and rewatch any of those movies and still just laugh. They're light. They have good music dramas. I've been trying to watch your honor because everybody wants me to watch this. I've made it now to episode four. It's a very dark show. I mean, it's very dark. A lot of people have died unnecessarily. So I'm having a tough time with it. This is why I don't do dramas. Oh, okay. How about you, I, O'Malley? I don't know. I don't know about that show at all. Um, I I'm really a fantasy slash sci-fi kind oh. of girl. So I, you know, I'm like, you love Star Westworld. World. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kind I of. liked it. Yeah. It was, it's been, it's been a little bit of a, I liked one season more okay. than the other. So yeah. But, um, you know, I'm big Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, oh. you know, okay. Marvel, DC. Okay, good to know. Third girl. So uh, pizza or pasta? This is... This is a tie. I I can't choose between the either. Like if you were taking one away from me, I would murder you first because I like them both that much. So I'm going to keep pizza and pasta. Being in New York, I eat a lot more pizza than I did in California because there's like a couple good spots in Mm -hmm. California, which you kind of feel good about, right? Because you're like, oh, I'm not going to... Pizza is just like... It's just such great peasant food. Pizza and bagels to me are the two things I eat in New York more than anywhere because you can eat them both quick, cheap, and be out doing stuff for a while and not need to eat, right? right. So what about you? Pizza or pasta? 
Yeah, so I don't eat either. <gasps> what do you mean? Is there a reason? Is it a sauce thing? Is it a cheese thing? I'm actually, I um, have like, I don't eat grains. I can't okay. eat grains. Or, or when I do, it's very limited. Um, and I'm allergic to tomatoes. Whoa, whoa, I'm so sorry. This had to be a huge disadvantage. It was so many well, ways. Growing up in um, no ketchup. You know, yeah. You know, no ketchup. Uh, I would always have it. It was always one of those, like, it would burn. Like, if I cut, always making, you know, my own salsa or whatever in California, but. It wasn't until I was older and right, until it started realized. affecting me internally. So, yeah. I will search out the protein pasta, the gluten-free, grain-free. Mm. Like, I will go that. It's very tricky to cook. It's got to – it, it oh, cooks yeah. fast. And if you don't do it, take it out fast enough, it <laughs> falls apart. Okay? It's yeah. just no, no bueno. We got <laughs> one more here from Scott. Television or radio? I love television, but I'll say this. I'm a mover. I'm always That's doing it. a million things. Yeah. So the reason yeah. I like radio is because my earbuds can be in and I could be wherever I am in my apartment or I can run downstairs and get something right. or I could take a walk. And I love falling into good conversation. It's why I like podcasts. You start to really enjoy someone's laugh. You start to really enjoy. And I feel like, I don't know, TV is different. It's like on when I'm watching a game for sure. I'll have sports center on or something on during the day in my office with the volume down and I'll look if it's something important. I'll be listening to radio, but I really do enjoy radio and I really do, like I'm happy to not be sitting on the couch every Sunday watching football after Super Bowl. I'm like, okay, I had enough of that. There was enough yeah. weeks on my ass every time. I could have been bike riding. But if I'm bike riding, I can still be listening to sports radio. I'm just, I don't want to be a, a, just a blob on the couch all the time, but I enjoy my TV when it's necessary. TV can be fun with other people. I have a girlfriend. We exclusively watch 90 Day Fiance together just so we can shit talk everybody. And it's not even that we, it's because it's such a trash show. And the only way to okay. watch it is with somebody that's just as vile as you are that just has a lot of opinions. Okay. Yeah. So I'm out of that. I don't even know any of the... Uh, like reality TV stuff, but I would definitely say radio or podcasts. Yeah. Just because, yeah, the same thing. But do you notice when you watch a video, um, like on Twitter or something, and it's funny, but like somebody has just the TV is just going. Like that was how it was when we were growing up. Like people would come home and just turn on the TV. Yeah. And like, I don't do that. Like I, I purposely turn on the TV. Me too. It's just not And it's on. funny when I travel I do on not the road. Have it on. I traveled on the road when I was young, when I was 18 with these women. We traveled in this conversion van with a trailer. We were the Dream Girl Centerfolds and we did this female review show. And I always picked to stay with Donna because Donna never turned on the TV in the room. And every other roommate I had was the first thing they did when they walked in the room. And I just felt like well, there was just noise all the time. And there'll be times I stay at a hotel where maybe I didn't turn on the TV the whole time I was there, you yeah. know, just because it's just they, but I enjoy it when it's, when it's time to sit down and relax. Like I'll enjoy sometimes just sitting down and watching a couple hours of Chopped on Hulu with no commercials. Everything is better. Everything is better with no commercials. Commercials are just the annoyance of all. But Scott, we appreciate you for asking us a grip of questions that did not include me answering properly so I could make some fucking tools only dream in life. And this is, this is our society. Nobody wants to run for president. Nobody wants to be a coach, a leader, a teacher. No, they just want to be creepers, emailing girls. And these are the guys that get scammed on the internet because some girl's going to write back and say she's me. And this mm -hmm. guy's going to give money. And guess what? I'm done feeling sorry for these people. Absolutely. Good luck with all your Takedown Tuesdays, too. It's been going really it. well, right? I came yeah. up with this idea around the holidays, and 
And I and I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? This could be efficient, right? It gets us all mm-hmm. engaged. It gets us all involved. And we're, we're right now at about a 75% success rate. So Great. it's just clutter. Let's just get the clutter out of there. And my fans are so incredible to help out. O'Malley, it. you're incredible. Everyone Thank follow you. at Thank O'Malley, you. double underscore. I will make double sure I underscore. tweet it. Great to have you on, a female voice to uh, share the ridiculousness with my Yes, thank you so much. Another awesome episode of the Lisa Ann Experience. I'm having such a great time putting this podcast together for all of you. Thank you all, pack of weirdos, for sending so many emails for me to choose from. And thank you all for giving me one good palate cleansing email. Don't forget, you can be a part of that with asklisaann at gmail.com. Whatever you want to know, just send it there. I will sift through it. And you can keep listening to hear your question be answered again. Don't forget, you can hear this podcast on the SiriusXM app. Lisa and Experience is part of the SiriusXM podcast family. And I have more in store for you. So thanks for listening to another episode of the Lisa and Experience. Serious XM Podcasts.